Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And joining me, our business expert, KFI News anchor Jason Middleton. Time to talk some business news. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Wayne. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Let's get right into this. The Federal Reserve keeps raising the interest rates. What is their longer term plan for managing inflation with interest rate hikes? Well, they're they're doing really well so far because the data shows that the inflation rate has fallen at the end of this year. Um, I do think that the the 0.5 percent rate we saw uh, hike, uh, that's going to continue into next year. I have to look at, at February because I think that's when we're really going to understand where they want to go. Like, do they really want to pump the brakes or are they just going to like let it coast towards that red light? And I think we're coasting towards the red light and it seems to be working because unemployment is 3.7% and uh, inflation's right around seven. And so uh, they're, I think they're doing. I don't know. I mean, it seems like their application seems to be working. Uh, What do you make of the people who say that you're not going to bring inflation down to 2%, which is their target, without raising the unemployment rate significantly? Well, actually, I think their their unemployment rate is is 2%. um, And and so if they can get to both of those – yeah, no, it's that's not going to happen. I mean, not without like some kind of opening of the uh, supply chain, right? So we're still coming out of COVID, and we're still dealing with like materials not being able to be delivered, and so that's what happens with inflation. And so as that continues down the line, I, I don't know. I, I I really think we're looking at like June next year before we start to see some equilibrium. All right. Although the, the the Fed is projecting that the unemployment rate for next year will be four point six percent, and what is it now? Three point seven. Three point seven, um, and four point six is is kind of fair, but only because people are re-entering the market, right? So during the during the COVID uh, lockdown, uh, people left the market and didn't go back into an employment and searching for employment, and I think that's what we're going to see next year. So that rise, I think. I mean, who knows what the Fed thinks, right? But I, I do see that um, there is an increase in, in that only because of applications. And that's, I, I hate to say it, but kind of, a, kind of a good thing. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to this. What's going on with the stock market? I think they're up a little bit, or they were up a little bit yesterday. But what what yeah. what can we expect with this stock market? Well, um, okay, so we have the Santa Claus rally that's supposed to happen uh, between uh, well, the last five trading days of the year are typically when people reposition or or funds reposition their uh, their placements, and so I, I think that we're going to see a little bit there. Um, I do think that look, the, the Fed came in at point five as opposed to 0.75, which is what they've been doing. 
And so I think now um, I, I think we might get a good, pretty good bounce out of the Santa Claus rally. I don't know if it lasts, uh, but typically speaking, last 12 years has shown the Santa Claus rally matters. But does the Santa Claus rally, that's kind of an annual uh, cyclical thing, does it have anything to do with what's going to happen next year? Or is it just something that happens at the end of every year? The next year, the stock market might be awesome. The stock market might tank. And this Santa Claus rally is an isolated cyclical event. No, I, I, I think it's the, the latter. I, I think it's an isolated cyclical event because institutional uh, funds are going to be moving things around. And so that's why you see that little bit of bump in activity. Um, I don't think that it, it necessarily shows an emotion or some kind of like trend into the next quarter. Um, the first quarter of next year will be heavily dependent on what the Fed does. And it'll be also dependent on how they move things within their institutional funds. So maybe they're moving things from uh, like some high margin opportunities to a lower risk opportunity. And I, I think that's what we're going to see. So we'll see movement, but I, I, I uh, it's going to take six months before we really know what's going on. All right. It's just funny to me. And then we'll get some news from Jen and then we'll, we'll have you back in the next segment for some other stuff. It's funny to me because mm -hmm. you have, you have the, you have the economy measured by things like uh, gross domestic product, inflation, unemployment rate. You have the stock market over here, which is not the economy. It's a different thing, although it takes its cues from these economic measures. So my point is the Fed's way to cool inflation is to raise interest rates. The yes. stock market doesn't want interest rates to go up. So True. every time the Fed does the thing that's necessary to cool inflation, the stock market doesn't like it. But if the Fed doesn't cool inflation, you have more inflation and the stock market doesn't like that either. The stock market is like <laughs> okay. an impossible. The stock market is like an impossible to please romantic partner. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're in water that uh, is over my head on that one. Uh, but I, I will say that uh, I, I think that the Fed pumping the brakes right now does not necessarily reflect, like you said, the stock market. But at the same time, why did Elon Musk dump $3.6 billion worth of stock last week? So he's positioning for something that maybe we should all be looking for. Um, and uh, you look. The Santa Claus rally happens every year. So it's just a matter of where you are positioned. Yeah. And all right. And apparently today stocks are down. So yeah. Santa Claus rally taking a break. Yeah. You have something to say about Elon Musk selling another over well, $3 billion of Tesla stock. Yeah, exactly. He threw, he, he threw away $3.6 billion last week. Um, but my, I, I don't have something to say so much as a question like, as an observer, uh, what what do you think Elon's doing? I mean, he didn't want to buy Twitter. I mean, let's be honest. He didn't. It was like a poker bet, and he had to make good on it. And now he's got it. And so what's he going to do with the rest of his portfolio, you know? I don't know, but I do believe we're talking about an incredibly wealthy man who is also – 
in the middle of a rather incredible economic crisis, is he not? Tesla shares are tanking. Uh, I believe SpaceX shares have True. not been doing so well. And of course, yeah, but they're, 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 I'm sorry, but SpaceX is going to be as stable as a treasury bond um, because there's no other place for the uh, government to go. Right. So SpaceX is going to be fine. I'm not sweating that one. I, I am worried a little bit about about Elon, like realizing the table stakes that he did with the Twitter thing. And he's not really jamming with it because he's obviously not very good as a hands on manager. And so if it's private, that's fine. I mean, maybe it just becomes a, a different platform for for certain viewpoints. But um, I, I just don't. I, yeah. How do you get it like where, where Jack Dorsey had it? How do you get it back to that point? I don't I don't think that's going to work. Are you oh, wait? Are you saying he he like he wouldn't be able to get it back to where Jack Dorsey yeah, no, had I, it or that it, or that if you put it back to where Jack Dorsey had it, that now it wouldn't work because things are so different. What I mean is um, Jack was nebulous enough to keep a social platform flowing. And I don't think that Elon, as binary as he is, can do that. I don't think that he can like foment an audience. I, I, I don't see how his his idea of conversation is, I say this and you say that and done. And that's not that's not what Twitter is supposed to be or was not intended to be. I mean, I talked to Brad uh, Bird back in the day, but uh, yeah, that I, it seems counter um, counterintuitive. I think it's almost that, that that it's Twitter that happens to be Twitter is almost beside the point. Um, at just generic company. Hmm. Think of just a generic company. It doesn't really matter what they do. And then you have a guy over here uh, who has a lot of money, although he doesn't have as much money as he really needs to to be who he wants to be. That's why he had to get funding and borrow money to buy Twitter. So, but he's over there and he's a real character and he is starting to think of himself as being more than just a guy who has businesses. So he uh. decides, he decides because he's got some personal beef with this company. In this case, it's Twitter and the fact that they he feels that they were restricting speech. It could be he's got a beef with Raisin Cane's chicken fingers because every time he gets chicken fingers, he doesn't get the sauce that he asked for. He's got a personal beef and he thinks that he's bigger than he is and better than he is. So he like, I'm going to buy it like I'm going to buy Raisin Cane's. And then when I buy Raisin Cane's, we're going to change it so everybody gets the sauce they want all the time. And by the way, I'm just using this as an analogy, and I'm not even suggesting that Raisin Cane's doesn't give you the sauce that you want. I'm sure they do, but I'm just trying to illustrate ideas. So if he buys Raisin Cane's chicken fingers and then he goes, from now on, what we're going to do is we're going to have buckets of sauce packets all over the restaurant and people can get their own sauce and they can have as much sauce as they want. And that's kind of what he's doing with Twitter is he's going in there and using his personal whims. He's like, I'm going to reinstate these people because I don't believe in shutting down speech. On the other hand, I'm a crazy man, so I'm going to um, kill the account of the guy who's tracking my private jet with completely public information. And he's not a businessman. He's not an inventor. 
and he's not a leader. He's a guy who has managed to get himself into these positions, usually by buying things that other people have invented. He has the worst people skills of anybody at his level that I have ever seen. And he's in over his head, but he's not even capable of having that self-knowledge of, oh my God, I am so in over my head. I just spent $44 billion on this company. I didn't really want this company. I just got mad one day because they were, I don't know, they they shut down the account of my buddy. And now I have a $44 billion company and I'm heavily leveraged and I don't know what to do with it. And instead of saying, let me step back and let the people here at Twitter make some decisions. He goes, I want to do that. And I want to do that. And I want to do that and change it and change it and change it and change it. And now you have this chaos going on with this platform. And he has got to be in some financial distress. If he's selling stock at a loss, we already know he's heavily leveraged. We know what he's not paying rent apparently on Twitter offices. He's not paying vendors. This is generally what, Someone, I'm not saying he's doing this, but this is uh, what you see sometimes before somebody does a purposeful bust out of a business. Right. Well, and he's mentioned bankruptcy. $2 billion a year. Yeah. So, so okay, look, I'm sorry, but um, yeah, you're, you're right. He's not a leader. Um, he doesn't have those qualities that, that usually you uh, um, acclimatize, I guess, uh, to a CEO. Uh, but, you know, I mean, He's an overprivileged person from an emerald mine family uh, that benefited from apartheid. So how how are we supposed to expect that he will uh, show the way forward? Come on. No way. The, look, the buzz on this, it, the interest on this uh, is $1.2 billion a year. Now, that's a number that most of us can't really process. But at the same time, um, he's in, he's in that sphere, and I I don't see banks really uh, jamming with what he's doing right now. I, I I I just don't see how he owns Twitter on this date next year. I think that's true too. I mean, there is going to be some kind of a big event, financial event involving Twitter. Um, he might find a way excuse me, to hold on to it, but it'll be under vastly different conditions than we're having now. Jason, great to talk to you. We will talk to you again and also hear you anchoring KFI News. There he goes, our business expert, Jason Middleton. Handle on the news. Oh, late edition. Here's not Bill Handle. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Good morning. It's the Bill Handel Show. Bill on his European cruise. Wayne Resnick here. Jennifer Jones Lee is here in a most amazing outfit, which you can look at right now with your own eyeballs by going to Instagram at Bill Handel Show. You get the whole outfit. I'm looking at you. Lucky well, here's you. what I mean. Simmer down. Here's what I mean. <laughs> Our view, because we have consoles, you know, like tables that we work and we sit in front of and everything, that I see you in the other studio from the waist up. Right. But the picture is the whole shebang, (laughs) head to toe. 
It is quite the outfit. I'll stop talking about it. Trust me. Satisfy your curiosity at Bill Handel Show on Instagram. And uh, Mo Kelly's coming in at 9.30 to talk about uh, what's going on in the world of entertainment. Gary and Shannon at 10. But now it is time for a Handle on the News Late Edition, which is brought to you by directbuyers.com. The hassle-free way to sell your home at a fair price in 10 days or fewer, directbuyers.com. Here we go. Handle on the news. Lead story. Uh, The House has passed a continuing resolution to keep the government open for one week through December 23rd. The Senate is going to take it up today. If they haven't started already, president will certainly sign it. And then next week, right before Christmas, we can have all the headlines again about will the government shut down there's no accountability. I, I'm trying to think of another situation where you have employees who are this incompetent at their job and yet nothing ever happens to them because they are our employees. And their core job, the core of the job is to pass budgets. They also have other responsibilities like investigating things and passing other kinds of legislation and, you know, naming uh, some day in Idaho, Spudman Potato Day and making a resolution. (laughs) They do have other things they do. But the core job, the core job, like your garbage man. A profession that I think very highly of, because guess what? They have a job to do and they do it. Unless they're on strike. But you know what I'm saying? That's beside the point. (laughs) And if you came out every, in my case, Tuesday, if you came out and the garbage can was still full of all the garbage, there'd be a point at which something would happen to that person. Mm -hmm. But they repeatedly fail to do the core function of their job, and there they are with their jobs. There's such an easy way to fix it. And not the way, not the way that was proposed. Uh, after one of the long lockdowns, I forget when it was, not lockdowns, shutdowns, and and the senator said, what we need to do is have a law that says if we don't have an actual budget passed, we have automatic continuing resolutions. It's just automatic. That, that's not the answer, you lazy SOBs. The answer is this. Okay, the budget's due October 1st. Okay. It's very important. Can we agree? It's a very important thing. Yes. If you don't have that budget passed by September 15th, you immediately don't get paid until a full budget is passed and you pay a fine equal to two months of your congressional salary. And that's the automatic thing that happens. Not an automatic extension so you don't have to do your job. Because I guarantee you, you would never have a late budget again. Here's the problem. How would that happen? My plan, my wonderful, thoughtful plan. How would it get implemented? They would have to vote it into law. So I still say Wayne 2024. Thank you. What do Tom Hanks, Mm -hmm. Hunter Biden, Gavin Newsom all have in common? Well, I know the answer, so I won't say. Turns out that according to investigators who are looking into the case of David DePap, 
the guy who is accused of attacking Paul Pelosi with the hammer at Paul Pelosi's house in San Francisco, also had a list of targets. And those three, Tom Hanks, Hunter Biden, and Gavin Newsom, were all on his list of targets. He also told this specific investigator that in addition to his hit list, he said that Washington was evil and that he had planned on kidnapping House Speaker Pelosi because she was second in line to the throne, a.k.a. the presidency. The uh, man who jumped on the stage at the Hollywood Bowl back in May as comedian Dave Chappelle was performing and attacked him, has pleaded no contest and has received 270 days in county jail. This is after a judge rejected his request that he simply get a diversion program, which means you behave yourself for a while and then you have no charges. No All right, there is a new campaign, and it sounds a little something like this. Fakes like those don't scare me, but fake meds, that's a different story. Verify your meds with safe. It is a campaign called Bad Meds Kill Real People, and it features actor Danny Trejo going through fake scenes on movie sets. This is all part of the L.A. County Sheriff's Department's plan to partner with private businesses and Danny Trejo to try and spread the word about the dangers of buying drugs online or through the black market, something like that. And the L.A. medical examiner, in addition to this whole campaign, says on average, two people die every day in the county from fake drugs. They thought they were taking one thing, but it really was something else. And it's almost always you know, back in the day, it sounds like I'm digressing, but I'm not. Back in the day, the the danger, if you bought drugs on the street, the danger was mostly you wouldn't get what you were paying for. Oh, so it, it like would have been like the like, potency like or this, something. I don't know. This weed is super primo, and it was not. It was crap. Okay, got it. Uh, or this pill, this is, you know, this is oxycodone, and it's baby laxative. Now it's the opposite. Even though it's the same motivation, which is money, it's the opposite. Now you want one thing and you're given something with, for example, fentanyl in it, which is much more, which is a much more powerful drug. Yet you may say, well, why would drug dealers want to fool you by putting a more powerful drug in the thing? Because it's cheaper. That's the particular evil of fentanyl. Incredibly powerful and dirt cheap compared to a lot of other drugs. And that's why this is happening all the time. And here we have a lawsuit filed against uh, LAUSD by the family of 15-year-old Melanie Ramos, who was one of the students who died at Bernstein High School in Hollywood of a drug overdose. And they're saying a couple of things. One, that the school knew damn well that the restrooms there were a hotbed of drug selling and drug taking. And didn't, I guess, do enough to stop it. And also, though, number two, that she was missing for eight hours. The mother got a call at 12.30 in the afternoon that day. 12.30 in the afternoon. Hey, uh, Melanie didn't come to class. And she says, well, can you look for her? Because I know she went to school, which, by the way, she did go to school. And the next time that mom heard anything from anybody was 2 a.m. when uh, the detectives had to, to come to her house to tell her, you know, that they had found Melanie and she was deceased. And Melanie was found at about 830 
in the evening by the father of another student that he was looking for. And so there's questions about not just generally they knew there was all the drug activity and didn't do anything, but on that particular day, why did they wait until 1230 to call mom? And then why did nobody hear anything or nobody apparently do anything for the hours after that? And it took another concerned father of another kid to resolve it. Um, I think this suit, this is probably going to be settled because they do have a, they have a pretty strong case, I think. All right. This is a, it's just a super sad story. And if you hear the mom in this case, talk about her 15 year old son who was killed at this party in Rancho Cucamonga, it breaks your heart, but she brings up a good question. It was Halloween night. There was this house party. A few hundred kids were there. At least 300 were there. And according to the cops, what it looks like is her son, Robert Plyley, tried to stop a guy who was hitting a girl. So he tries to intervene. And it was at that point that he is shot and killed. And so the mom is coming forward. First off, the family's offering a $10,000 reward in the case. But she's asking, how is it that there were 300 people at this party and no one saw anything? Which is well, common with kids, you, you know, know. People saw things. Nobody is coming forward. Exactly. But her her comment, you understand the you know the validity and and what she's saying. Oh my God, you were all there. Why won't one of you come forward? Yes, is what she's course. saying. Well, and, maybe um, the reward will prompt somebody. I think too. There is one specific kid that was wearing a shirt that says "No justice, no pizza." That they keep referencing in this story. And there's going to be somebody who comes forward and goes. That's John or that's, you know, whoever, Sam or Sally, whatever, who was wearing that shirt that night because it's just one of those shirts you would remember and somebody's going to remember. Hopefully. Uh, oh, a jury in New York will decide when is beer beer and when is it not beer? And this is a case where uh, Modelo is suing another big uh, beverage company, Constellation Brands. Because Constellation Brands is selling a hard seltzer with the Corona branding, which Modelo owns, but did license to Constellation Brands to use the name Corona on certain beers. Now Constellation Brands is using Corona on hard seltzer, and Modelo says, no, we said you could use it on beer. Hard seltzer is not beer. And the judge said... A jury will decide when beer is beer and what is beer. And you could look it up in the dictionary. And if you look up beer in the dictionary, you will probably conclude that hard seltzer is not beer. And the judge even said Modelo has the stronger argument here, but dictionaries do not resolve lawsuits all the time. So that is what a jury will be arguing about at some point, unless there's a settlement. Is a hard seltzer a beer? I don't think it is. Who thinks I, a hard seltzer's a beer? I wouldn't think that, although it gets you, you know, super bloaty and gurgly. So <laughs> well, you're talking about the effects effect. now. <laughs> you're talking about the effects of it. But 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 here's the thing. Um if I I don't know, never mind. My analogy was not going to be very pleasant. Yes, but so if, oh. let's <laughs> move on to New Zealand and this it, very, very interesting law about cigarettes. Anyone born. On or after January 1st, 2009, so anybody who is 13 or younger today will never be able to legally purchase tobacco 
in their lifetimes. New Zealand adopted this rising tobacco purchase age this week, and it mandated what will eventually be, if you are 13 or younger as of today, in your lifetime, an elimination of all cigarettes sold in the country. You will never, should this stand, be able to buy cigarettes in your country. There'll be a day when the when the age to buy cigarettes legally in New Zealand will be 50. Only people 50 and older. And then it'll be 60 and then it'll be 70. And they're also, it's not just that though, which is the most, I guess, creative restriction that I've ever seen. It also requires the amount of nicotine to be reduced to below addictive levels. So they are really going after cigs. They've had it with the tobacco products and the cigarettes. Oh, Jen, if I were a gift giver, this is the gift that I would give to you. Wow, thank you. It is. I don't know if you like those wall calendars. Who doesn't? Uh, in the Let's digital age, I feel like there's less need for them. But people love it. They have puppies and they have kitties and they have sports figures and they have beers of the world and they have fountain pens of the world calendars. They have everything. And they also have the Calendario Romano, which is known colloquially as the hot priest calendar. <laughs> it is a calendar that's really disrespectful to the Lord, I feel. My purring? Yeah. Don't you feel weird about that? These are dudes that are not allowed to have sex. Oh, oh, well, but they could, you know what? You can still be beautiful no matter who you are. Well, that's certainly true. So this is a very interesting calendar. It comes out every year. It's your traditional A4 style flip calendar. But instead of a photographer taking pictures of hot priests, it's some guy who goes through archives that has photos of priests and he selects different photos of priests and that's the calendar. But the thing is all of the priests that he selects are very, are young and very handsome human Be beings. Yes. Um, there's a controversy about this calendar and it's not what you're thinking. It's not over the fact that you shouldn't be uh, sexualizing men who can't have sex and are representing the Lord. That's no, not the controversy. I don't, the, I don't think the calendar is sexualizing them. It's just archival pictures of them. However, but here's the controversy. People are complaining that the guy who puts out the calendar keeps reusing the same images. <laughs> it's the same guy from last year and the year before, and they want a bigger variety of these hot priests for this calendar. So are there only 12 hot priests in the world? Is that what this guy is intimating? <laughs> I don't know. The He's rest going, of you. Whoosh. Well, he I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know how you put that uh, casting call out. We need hot priests for a calendar. And then what if all these hot priests turn their own photos in? And then how do you how are you the guy that goes? Oh, I'm sorry, you're not hot. You don't you're you're not a hot priest. Amen. Yeah, I don't later. know who judges these things. All right. Can we go to uh, number 13? Oh, just very quickly. So, you know, sometimes uh, police will come up with a creative way to do something with traffic enforcement yeah. to kind of be like have some humor with it and yeah. not really get. So uh, in Monroe County, which is, I guess, where Key Largo is. Sure. The the There's a sheriff's colonel there who dresses up in a Grinch costume. And what they do is they pull people over who are going five miles or less under the speed limit in a school zone. But they're really not trying to jam these people up with tickets. So they pull them over and they say, wait in the car, please. And then here he comes, Colonel Lou Caputo, in his Grinch 
costume and he gives them a little a little lecture on why it's important not to break the speed limit, especially in the school zone. And then he gives them a choice. They can get a ticket or they can take an onion. They can take an onion from a guy dressed as the Grinch. I love it. And, and he says that he has to explain it multiple times. You have a choice. You can get a ticket for the speeding or you can just take this onion. And people, are and like, people eh? at first, they don't they can't wrap their head around what's happening. They're not weirded. They're not weirded out by the fact they just got pulled over by the Grinch, but instead they're like, I don't know, ticket onion, ticket onion. They usually end up taking the onion. I would hope so. Yeah, well, wouldn't you? All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get news from Jennifer Jones Lee, and then we are going to talk about how the digital age and social media in particular makes it so much harder to get over a breakup. But there are some things you can do. It's KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.